1 Samuel chapter 17. Reading verses 2 through 4, skipping down to verse number 8 to 10, and then skipping to verses 45 through 48. What a wonderful presence of God is in this house. If you've got it, say we've got it. If you don't got it, it's on the screen, so you've got it too. Verse number 2, and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath whose height was six cubits and a span. Verse number 8. And he stood and cried out unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, Why are ye come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. If he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. So not only is God looking for a man, the enemy's looking for somebody too. Just saying. Verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comes to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee and mm, deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth, and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And this and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass. See, it's one thing to get excited and say a whole lot of stuff. But the Bible says, and it came to pass. When the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. It's one thing to get blusterous and say a whole bunch of stuff. It's another thing to back it up with a little bit of action. This morning, I'm going to title my message. Let's get an attitude. Let's get an attitude. (laughs) You caught me off guard, sis. Before you're seated, look at your neighbor and say, husbands, don't say this, let your wife say it. No, I'm just kidding. But look at each other and say it together with all the love you can muster. Friend, look at friend. It doesn't matter to me. Or look away from family members. Just say it when you sit down. Let's get an attitude. And you may be seated. 
I'm going to do my best to have fun this morning. The story has been told. It's quite possible that it's an actual, it's a true story. I doubt that my mother would lie. She might exaggerate because she loves me that much, but I don't think she would just flat out lie. So I'm going to tell you the story that my mother has told. She loves to tell this story. It's a story that it actually, when you listen to it, I began to understand that even from the time of a small child that there has been a pattern that has been shown in my life. I guess you could call this story the same thing happens every night. My mom would come and she would ask me what book I wanted before bed and apparently without fail I would ask for David and Goliath. The little golden book, David and Goliath. I believe that at one point she did not even have to ask. I would already have the book for her and I would just hand her the book, David and Goliath. My mom tells the story basically that she would beg, can we read something else? And I was stalwart and secure in what I wanted and the answer was always no. A little less bass. I don't have much bass in my voice now, but it was a lot higher then. No, Mom. <laughs> I wanted David and Goliath. As time went on, my mom had read the book to me so many times apparently that all she would have to do would be to turn the page. And I believe that at one point she was completely honest and she would say that she would pause and wait to turn the page and I would look at her and say, turn the page. I love David and Goliath. I only tell you that story not because that story makes any difference in the message that I am going to preach, but to let you know that I understand that as soon as I began to read about David and Goliath, most of us in this house can say, I have heard this since I was a child. If you're a guest and this is your first time hearing about David and Goliath, you are in for a treat because this is my favorite message to preach. It's David and Goliath. And so I'm going to do everything that I can for those that have heard it. There are preachers in the house that have probably preached it more than I have preached it. And if you want to share your sermons with me after service, I would be glad to hear them because I love listening to stories of David and Goliath. But I begin to look at things in my life and I mentioned those patterns in my life when I was even a young child. And here's what I have found out about myself. If I like something... Why go with something you don't like? I go to lunch. If we're at a certain restaurant, if we're at the Mexican restaurant, I'm going to order the exact same thing every time because I have made the mistake before of ordering something because my wife loves me so much that she challenges me to broaden my horizons. And doesn't this sound good? Yes, baby, I'll order it. It was the nastiest thing I'd ever had in my life. Had I ordered the chimney covered in cheese sauce? With grilled fajita chicken on the inside, son, we would have had a good old-fashioned Sunday eating. But when I left, the plate has barely been touched. Because why? I didn't go with something that I liked. This morning, I'm going to go with something that I like. And I'm going to have a whole lot of fun doing it this morning. I began to pray this week because I have looked at the conditions of our world. 
I have looked at everything that is going on. I have looked at the fear. I have looked at all of the social media posts. And I, I have listened to the radio. And I, and I told everyone on Wednesday night that I had to turn the radio off in the car because simply the radio, the news from my house, the 10 minutes that it took me to get here, I, I, I had to turn it off because it was so negative. Everything that I listened to was about how that this had happened to babies and grandmothers and how that this had happened and that had happened and finally I had to turn it off and, and I came into the house of God and I began to look for him and ask him and I was searching for hope and all this week I've been looking and wondering God uh, what can I give uh, to Bethel on Sunday morning that will encourage them uh, that will challenge them and then Friday as I am sitting behind cars at the red light on my way to order closet doors for the fellowship hall. A song in my playlist comes on called Shout by Lakewood Music. My wife sent me this song about a month ago and I have listened to it multiple times. And the Lord must have known not only did my patience need to grow a little bit because on Wednesday night I told everyone I was still a work in progress with the red lights and people that don't understand when it's green you're supposed to go. I'm four cars deep. Things been green for 4.2 seconds. Nobody's moving yet. The Holy Ghost knew that I was going to need a little bit of a moment because those cars decided they're not going to go. And right as I'm about to get to the green light, it decides, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and turn red. And so I'm sitting there and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then I'm reminded that Brother... Bowman called me out basically on Wednesday night that I'm not really as far along as I would like to be on the red light situation and I needed the patience and I was like God why and all of a sudden I began to listen to the song before the frustration can get out of the control before it can turn green all of a sudden I begin to hear these words coming through the speakers in the car. There's a giant standing in my way, but he doesn't know he's going to fall today. There's a greater one that fights for me, going to march right up to the enemy. Oh, I won't leave until we have the victory. May I tell you I have never been more excited to miss a green light than I have been in that one moment because I began to feel in the Holy Ghost what God was going to let me know and what he was going to speak to us and the Holy Ghost begin to let me know you're at war son but you're not in a war that you're about to lose I need to let somebody know that this is a war that you're about to win you have not been defeated you are not you may be dismayed but you are not alone you are standing in a war and God said I'm able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or even think there may be a giant honey but I know a God that's able to bring them down to destroy them no matter what it is I understand because the Holy Ghost dropped it in my spirit and I grabbed for some reason there was a piece of paper and a pen the Holy Ghost knew that I was going to need it and I began to pin at the green light at the red light I began to pin down a few things and then you know what happened that light turned red turned green and apparently the car behind me was exactly like me because 2.2 seconds. I was like, you need the Holy Ghost. And then I went on. 
But God gave me the title. And he spoke it to me. He said, you need to get an attitude. Because there are times it feels like, and I understand. Because I am human just like you. I understand that on one side of the valley it feels like the enemy is there. And he is marching out each and every day. And no matter how much I pray during that day, the enemy is still marching out. Not only is he marching out from his side, but he's actually encroaching on my territory. Because my Bible tells me that the valley actually belonged to Judah. The valley belonged to praise. And so the enemy has been marching out into the valley of praise. And he's been trying to get you to the place that you'll give up your praise. That you'll give up your worship. That you'll give up your bread, your, your, you'll give it up to him. Why? Because he's standing there and he's telling you, Look how powerful I am. Look at everything that I can do. Look at what I've got. Look at my spear like a weaver's beam. Look at my shield that's so big that a guy's got to carry it for me. Look how powerful I am. And you're in the middle of the battle. And you don't even feel like you're actually in war. All you know is that the enemy is there and you can't do anything. Because at some point during the day, the enemy's going to walk in. And he's going to try to silence your praise. He's mocking you. He's making fun of you. He's challenging you. He's walking out there in all of his battle gear to let you know how strong he is. To let you know how much might that he has. And for 40 days... Goliath marches out and puts on a spectacle for all of Israel to see. Every single day he makes the same speech. Why are you coming out to fight? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Philistine champion. Your servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, we'll be your slaves. But if you kill me, but, but, but if I kill you, then you're going to be our slaves. I defy. The armies of Israel today send me somebody to fight for 40 days. 40 days and the Bible tells us and I understand that I'm going a little fast through the story but I'm trying to get to a place that the Holy Ghost is going to bring us to this morning uh, then whenever all of this would happen the Bible says that they were from Saul all the way down from the head that lets you know that even I battle. Even I battle with the things that you're battling with right now. And the enemy's coming out and he's battling and he's going against things and he's trying to let everybody know that he has all of this power. The Bible says that when this happened, they were greatly afraid and they were dismayed. It's all right, Brother Justin. The Bible, you can translate that to they were shattered. They were shattered. They were broken into pieces. They were not a whole. They were shattered in every part. The enemy has not changed his tactics. He did the same thing when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness. If thou be the son of God, then command these stones be made to bread. And please do not think that he's going to change his tactics when it comes to you. He's coming to you already and he's told you, I thought that God said your family was going to be saved. I thought that God healed you. 
I thought that God delivered you. I thought that God touched you. I thought that there was revival. I thought there would be miracle signs and wonders. I thought you said he was going to he was going to restore. Somebody needs to hear me right now. It doesn't matter what the enemy says. I've got a God that has all power in heaven and in earth. He wants to attack my hope. He wants to destroy my fear. But I'm here to let you know the devil's a liar and the father of all lies. And my God can not lie. If he said you're healed, you're healed. If he said deliverance, you're delivered. Somebody hear me. I don't care what the enemy says. I've got a God that cannot lie. And I'm on my way somewhere. I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to praise. I'm going to worship. I'm going to bless his name. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Magnify him. Bless him. Bless him. Hey. I think we need to be reminded every once in a while that the devil's a liar. We believe him more than we believe God. I didn't have my glasses on, so I didn't know who was saying amen to that. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh his own. The new King James says, when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. One translation actually says that when he speaks a lie, he speaketh from inside of himself. When he speaks a lie, he reveals what he really is. He speaketh a lie, he speaketh his own. But let us also be reminded of this. That God is not a man. That he should lie. See, I, I want to make sure that after I say things, I'm going to give you some scripture to let you know that I'm not just making this stuff up. Numbers 23, 19, King James, so that we're all saved when we get done. God is not a man that he should, I'm sorry, that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall not he do it? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? Can I tell you right now that some of you under the sound of my voice have received a word from God. And the enemy has come in like a flood. And even though the Spirit has raised up a standard against it, even though the Spirit is standing there and it's keeping it on its side, it hasn't stopped the voice of the enemy. And the enemy is coming in and he's telling you, he's challenging you. He's saying, I thought, isn't this what heaven said about you? Isn't this what heaven has promised you? I need someone to understand that your God is stronger than your enemy. Your God God has all power in heaven and on earth. Heaven is his throne. Earth is his footstool. All we need to do is get to the place that we understand that my God has dominion and authority in my life. And if somebody will get a hold of that this morning, there's no trick of the enemy. There's no lie of the devil that's going to stop you, that's going to hold you back. You'll shout in the middle of the valley. You'll dance in the middle of the storm. You'll worship. You'll magnify. Why? Because you you know that my God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. He's bigger. I started thinking because this is where the message actually begins. 
I started thinking how it feels right now. That the enemy is running rampant. Everywhere. Confusion, chaos. Everywhere we look. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the daily attacks. I'm tired of hearing his lies. So when I heard, and I'm telling you, I've heard these lyrics, and in fact, some of you have heard these lyrics, because it is in the playlist for Bethel that we played before service. So even if you don't understand or know, you have probably heard these lyrics within the last month. But when something, I heard it at the stoplight, and I heard there's a giant standing in my way, but he doesn't know that he's going to fall today. See, whenever Goliath walked out, something started stirring in my spirit. Because he's been walking out every day for 40 days. This is just another day. I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to tear them apart. I'm going to let them know I ain't scared. But when he left and the dude carrying his shield, we can't forget about him. He's walking out there with him. To them, this was simply another day. But all of a sudden, Something grabbed a hold of me in my spirit and said that if the church will understand the power that they have, that the enemy may have come out thinking that he was going to do like he did the day before. But if someone will get a hold of something and they will begin to pray with a fervency, they will begin to praise like nothing is going on in their life, but they understand that my praise gets his attention. And then they will get into the spirit of worship. And the worship causes him to begin to inhabit. It begins to live where we are. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm a little bit tired of all of his games. I'm a little bit tired of the despair. I'm a little bit tired of every lie that the enemy's telling me. I want someone to understand this morning that the enemy is a liar and I've got more power living on the inside of me than he has in every devil in hell combined. I need you to understand that your God is able. He doesn't know that he's going to fall today. I could hear the words of David in 1 Samuel 17, 26. I told you I have read this. I've got a Bible, one of my first Bibles that I ever preached out of. This chapter has fallen out of the Bible. It's still in there. The page just fell out. I still have it. I don't even get that Bible out anymore unless I just, you know, you just every once in a while you just want to go back and remember some things of where God has brought you from. Just a young kid. Had hair. I was in a lot better shape. <laughs> you know, you remember the good things in life. <laughs> but I begin to think and I begin to remember that David says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of Israel? And I could not help in that moment. That's when the Holy Ghost spoke the title to me. Because I understood in that moment that David had a little bit of an attitude. David had a little, there was something on the inside that just, it, it rubbed him a little bit wrong. You ever tried to pet a cat the wrong way? <laughs> it's kind of what the devil did to David. You know what, I don't, I don't really know if I like that or not. Who is this, who is this Philistine that is not in covenant with my God? 
Who is he to come out and defile? Who is he to speak against? Not against God. Read it. Against the armies. We should get so upset when the enemy attacks our brother and our sister as we do when he attacks us. Why? Because we're all in this together. We need to start praying today like it's our child that's already in the altar. We need to let something rise up inside of us that says, who is this devil that's coming against their family? You don't have to believe it if you don't want to, but the Holy Ghost is trying to stir somebody. If you'll pray for them the way you want them to pray for you, He'll meet you where you are. He'll save your family. He'll heal your body. He'll touch you. But somebody's got to get enough nerve that they stand up and say, who does this devil think he is? I don't know about you, but as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Why? Because who does this devil think he is? My name's written down in a Lamb's Book of Life. I'm on my way somewhere. My sins are forgiven. I have power. I have his name. There's a little bit of an attitude. There's a little bit of a tone. Looked it up, and according to Cambridge Dictionary, attitude is it's a feeling or opinion about something or someone, or it is a way of behaving that is caused by the feeling towards someone or something. In other words, an attitude is a response. I ask you this morning, what is your response to the enemy's attack on your home? What is the enemy, what is your response to the enemy's attack on your family? What is your response to the enemy's attack on your neighborhood? Let's get it to where it's not about us. What is your response to the enemy's attack on your city? What is your what is your response to the enemy's attack on everything that's going on around you? Are you just comfortable saying, well, I went to church on Sunday and I even made it to a Wednesday night Bible study? Oh, or is there something on the inside of you that says, I'm tired of his lies and his games. He's not going to keep me in bondage. I want him to know that I've got a God that's on my side. I need somebody to get a hold of what I'm saying. You've been in the mully grubs too long. You can and shout and dance and say this is what God's going to do all you want but somewhere somehow there's got to be a little bit of action you got to step out in faith you got to start proclaiming you got to start acting you got to let him know I'm not going to stand back I'm not going to wait I'm going to bless him now I'm going to praise him now I'm going to low I'm going to glorify him now See, I've got a little bit of an attitude now. I I do. I came back to the church. I left the store. I had paid for those doors. And I walked into the sanctuary. After a little bit, I was able to kind of get in here by myself and pray. And I just began to let God know 
God, I'm tired of what the enemy's doing to the families of this church. God, he doesn't have authority in their life. He doesn't have dominion in their life. I'm tired of the despair. I'm tired of the attacks on the families. I'm tired of it, God. I've got a God that's able to do exceeding. And then I started, and I don't do this very often, but then I started talking to the enemy. You've got to let them go in the name of Jesus. You've got to let them know in his name. You've got to release them. I bind him in the name of Jesus. I bind him in this house this morning. Any fear and despair, anything the enemy sent in your way, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. It's an uncircumcised Philistine and I don't have to take it anymore. I can bless him. I can worship. I've got authority. Come on, clap your hands. I feel bold this morning. I feel bold in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, I'm speaking against the enemy that's attacking your home. I come against him in the name of Jesus Christ. I take dominion and authority over every darkness, over every oppressive spirit, over every lie that the enemy has sent your way. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I take dominion and authority right now in the name of Jesus. I command it to be bound and cast out. And God, now I loose the angels of heaven. I loose them to flow. Let ministering spirits come. Let them begin to comfort. Let them begin to heal. I've got an attitude. And I'm not waiting around for somebody else to pray. They can hide if they want. But I've got an attitude that says, I've got a God that has all power in heaven and in earth. And he's living inside of me. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Do you want it? Come on, come on, push through a little bit. Come on. Come on, are you bold enough? Have you had a, are you tired of it? Are you tired of his lies? Why don't you stand to your feet and let him know, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm not taking it anymore. My family's coming home. My body will be touched. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. And I won't take it anymore. Come on, let a boldness in your spirit. Let it react. Come on, don't get quiet now. Come on, sp speak it out in the name of Jesus. What do you want him to do in your life? Speak it out. Do you want deliverance? Say, I claim deliverance. Do you need healing? I claim healing. Do you want salvation? I claim salvation. It's a gift.
Come on. Come on. Don't wait on somebody else to do it. Let the Holy Ghost rise up in you a little bit. But I'm not a preacher. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher. You got the same Holy Ghost I've got. I'm telling you, I've had a little child lay their hands on me. And I felt pain leave my body. They didn't even know how to pray or where to pray. All they knew is they believed that the Bible tells them. And the preacher said, if I'll ask, God will heal. I need somebody to understand that God will respond to you. If you'll get an attitude with the, with the enemy, God will back it up with his power. Be seated just for a minute or stay standing. It's fine with me. I've been standing the whole time and I'm sweaty. Here's David's response. See, here's what happens when you decide to step out into the valley. You ever been there? You have one of those services going on. Things are happening. Things are stirring like they are right now. And you take that step out. And that's when the pastor says, everybody sit down. And you're like, but I just stood up. Do you know how, you know how much faith it took me to stand up? And now I'm, I've, I've, I've been that guy. Tioga Campgrounds. 5,000 people. Everybody's, woo. It's Campground, Louisiana. And I decide at that moment, I'm walking out to the altar. I'm going down to get what I need from God. I'm, I'm halfway and I'm in the middle and I'm walking with an attitude. Just, I'm getting it today, God. That's when the musician said, everybody sit down. Everybody go back to the pew. And then they started playing a slow song. And I'm, I'm just standing in the front like lost. They're like, come on, man. I turned around and the Holy Ghost spoke to me as a young teenager. And said, it's not about what everybody else says. It's about your response to when I call you. But God will give you a response when he calls you and you step out. But so will the enemy. I don't, wanna, I don't want anyone to be under any. I, I, I'm not one of those kind of preachers that says as soon as. You pray and repent and God fills you with the Holy Ghost. You're baptized in his name. I'm not one of those preachers that says you get this magic Holy Ghost shot that nothing goes wrong in your life. No, in fact, it's the complete opposite. Wait, am I supposed to say that? It's the truth. My pastor, he says, you're either in a trial, coming out of a trial, or about to go in a trial. Have a nice day. I was like, I don't see anything nice about that, Brother Gleason. But can I tell you, this is the truth. You're in the middle of something. But when you step out in faith and God backs you up, don't, don't you think that the devil isn't going to make it personal. Because here's what happens. Here's what Goliath said. Am I a dog that you're going to send a boy to run me home? And this is the Greg paraphrase. With a stick? Then he cursed David by his gods. Goliath cursed him by his own gods. He made it personal. 
Come to me. I will give your flesh to the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. Some of us, when that happens, is when we stop. Oh, I got the enemy's attention. You ever had someone tell you you don't want the enemy's attention? Don't, don't get his attention. <clears throat> if you have a walk with God, you should have his attention. Because you should be going into his camp taking all the things that he has taken from you. This should not be something that we're just standing back, just living our little lives and, and, and not operating in the Holy Ghost that walks in us. There should be something about us that each and every day we are taking territory that doesn't belong to him. Because I've got a word that has been spoken and prayed over me that says everywhere I put my foot, it belongs to me. And so when I'm in the, are you ready for this one? I know. Some of you have heard my stories about things that happen in Walmart. Dudes tell me stories about having blisters on their feet. I don't know why I attract all those people in Walmart, but I do. I'm trying. <laughs> Some of you need to be here on Wednesday nights. You'll get all the good stories. I'm trying to respond to a friend that's in the middle of a trial, and I found a seat that no one was sitting in in the middle of Walmart, and this dude starts telling me about his blisters on his feet. <laughs> and I'm just like, help me, Lord. But even in the middle of Walmart, As soon as that guy left, I got up and left <laughs> quickly. But in the middle of Walmart, this belongs to me. This belongs to me. This belongs to me. Holy Ghost, this belongs to us. This belongs to Bethel. This belongs to you. It doesn't matter in the middle of the frozen food. This belongs to you. This belongs to you. Why? Because everywhere that I place my feet, as I'm walking in my neighborhood, oh, I know there's all kinds of other, there's all these idols around and all of the Catholic faith and everything else that's in my neighborhood. I'm not saying anything. Hey, all I'm saying is, God, you can open everybody's eyes to some truth because this belongs to you and this belongs to you every single day I'm taking territory you may not think it's a battle but you better believe proclaim it in the name of Jesus get his attention you know I don't I don't walk up to their door I just prayed Holy Ghost power over this house you're going to need to get rid of all this stuff that's not of God no I just love them and keep praying. And when that door opens, I can go ahead and say, hey, let me tell you what Jesus has done for me. I don't have to do all those. I, I can just take my territory. And I can be ready. But see, when you do that, the enemy is going to attack. And some, some of us, some of us, maybe not all of us, but some of us have at least once in our life. Maybe there are those powerful giants among us that they have never backed down from a spiritual fight, but some of us. When the enemy shows up like that, shows up like a flood, whoop, even though the spirit raises standard, we're like, oh, that's strong. I'm just going to go on back with the fellas. I'm going to go pick up my, my cart wool of my cart that has the 7-Up the and the crackers and the cheese from my brothers. They made fun of me for coming out here, but I'm just, no. Uh-uh. Here's David's response. He said, you come to me with a sword and spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied this day. And then he makes it personal to him. 
See, the devil's been getting personal with some of you, and you've just let him do it. Here, the enemy is about to get a taste of his own medicine. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines. Not only you, but every Philistine that is out there this day, I'm going to give their carcasses to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Can I tell somebody this morning, if you will get a boldness in your spirit, that when the enemy comes in, and he's standing there, and he's making it personal, he's letting you know everything that he's going to do to your family, everything he's going to take away from you, everything that he's going to strip away from you. Can I tell you, he can't do anything unless God lets him. And if God lets it happen, he's going to bless you and he's going to restore it. So there ought to be somebody that says, I am not afraid of what the enemy can do. My God, I'm trusting in you. Is there anybody that believes he's able to heal, he's able to deliver, that he's able to I'm tired of it. Tired of it all. And I'm getting ready to close. I said getting ready. I said I wasn't. I didn't say I was closing. I just getting ready. What did Brother Jenny say something about my landing gear's down? And then Jeff Arnold says, it's just going to be a long runway. But this is, this is the note that I wrote down at the red light, right down in front of the gas station. I wrote down, finish what you start. Verse 50 says, David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. That in itself, there are some things you don't need if you'll trust in God. I don't need Saul's armor. I don't, I don't need all those things behind my name. I don't need all of that if I'll trust in him. Oh, I'm going to put my faith in him. 51, therefore David ran. David's a runner. That joker ran to meet Goliath. I'm too winded to run. He ran to meet him. Stone. He's down. And then he runs. The Philistine's down. He runs. I love this. He stood upon the Philistine. If there has ever been somewhere I wanted to shout, it was right on my enemy. If there was anywhere I wanted to dance, it's right on my enemy. I don't know about you this morning, but as the Philistines were watching, this is what I can see in my mind. That David, uh, he knows how to play the harp and he can sing. I can't help but think he didn't bust out a few of his psalms and begin to sing. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. And then he would let out just a little bit of, hey! 
way he's under my feet and then all of the Philistines they began to run why because he took out the sword of Goliath from the sheath and he slew him cut off the head thereof can I tell you some of you have just been knocking the enemy down in your life and then you're letting him get back up again you come to an altar and then you leave and you turn on the same music you do the same things some of you need to stay at the altar until this thing is dead you need to let God have dominion and authority in your life you need to make sure finish what you start see don't stop don't stop it feels good though pastor you don't understand the weight that just lifted off of me oh that weight is good but what's going to happen when that thing gets back up again and you're having to fight it all over again you need to put that thing on the altar you need to sacrifice it you need to take the enemy's own weapon that the bible says that there's none like it and you need to destroy it I'm not about to stay and come to an altar and pray just enough to feel a release and then leave. And then do the exact same thing that I've been doing the weeks before. You want to know why you can't get deliverance in your life? It's because when you come and pray at an altar and you feel that release, you get up and don't change anything when you leave. Help me, Holy Ghost. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to get you to a place that you've got victory over that. I want you to have victory over fear. I want you to have victory over the pain. I want you to have victory over the hurt. I want you to have victory. How can I preach like this? Because I've been there. I've been there to the place that I would go down to the altar. And I would pray. And I would tell God that God, I can't carry this anymore. I can't carry this anymore. It's too much for me. I don't know how to get deliverance. I don't know how to get help from it. God, I can't find you. And then all of a sudden, I would feel that little bit of a lift. And I would just start to worship. I would start to praise. And all the while, the enemy is still there. All of the underlying issues are still there. But but there came a point in my life that I just had everybody close the doors and I went into what I called my prayer room and I just began to pray and I said God I'm not walking out of here until something dies in me I'm not walking out of here until the hurt is gone and I'm telling you it took a little bit of time but before I walked out of there there was a slaying of an enemy the enemy didn't know that he was going to die it tried to walk into the room but I called it out in the name of Jesus, and I'm here to tell you, finish what you start. Let's stand. Lift your hands to him. The Holy Ghost has revealed some things to me in this message. There are some things... There's some flesh you need to get control of and put it on the altar this morning. Some of the stuff you're battling right now, it has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost or the devil. It has to do with your flesh. I know. I know the Bible says we don't, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's against other people. I have to crucify my flesh. 
every single day. Even this morning, five o'clock, I'm in my office at home. I'm trying to type, I'm trying to get this all put together. And finally, I just, I just stopped and I stood up and I just kind of walked back and forth behind my desk. It's not a whole lot of room there, but I just took about four or five steps one way and four or five steps the other way. And I just finally, I just started saying, God, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of his lies. I don't want to walk to that pulpit. I don't want to hear his voice anymore. I'm telling you, at some point, you're going to have to get to the place that you get an attitude. See, Corbin's in here. I love my nephews. But he's growing up. Thinks he's a man. I love you, buddy. We go in restaurants and he's ordering from the big menu because that's what men do. And I'm like, give me the coloring pages, man. But they've been at the house. Him and his brother, they were going at it about something. Then they turned around and said something to me, and I just looked at him. I said, you better, you better drop that tone at your voice, boys. You better lose that attitude when you're talking to me. You know what those jokers had, had the audacity to do? Again, I love you. Both of them together, they bowed up. I said, come on. your children I could not help but do what you're doing now I laughed every once in a while here's what I wish would happen I wish that the enemy would try to come in and we're praying with such a fervency we're worshiping we're doing everything, and the enemy tries to say, you better, you better drop the attitude. I wish that we would grab somebody and say, come on. Let's bow up a little bit in the spirit. Come on, Brother Chuck. Let's go. Come on, this, this, this devil's a liar. He, he, he can't do anything. He, he's a liar. Everything that, that he's trying to tell you that he's taken from you, no, it, it's not. God's got it. It's all in his time and in his place. He's bringing it everything back. He's going to restore the things that the enemy's tried to take away. And not only is he going to restore those, but he's bringing blessings back with him. And the enemy's standing there going, wait, I thought you were going to back down. And all of a sudden, somebody's joining hands. And they're saying, oh, that's right, Brother Right. We're going to go ahead and do this. We're going to go ahead and pray. Why? Because I believe. See, because David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's talking about my brother? Talking about my sister. We need to learn to pray now with an attitude for our brother the same way we would pray for ourselves. Here's what will happen. And I really am closing with this. A few chapters later, 
we find another giant that just happens to be the brother of Goliath. The Bible tells us that he also has a spear like a weaver's beam. But do you know who fights that giant? Another, the Bible calls a Bethlehemite. But if you begin to read that, the guy that took him out was a captain in David's army. So the same one that took out Goliath said, why don't you come with me and join me in this fight? And the same one that, dra- that got him and began to promote him and began to believe in him is the same one that went out and found the brother of Goliath and said, you know what? I'm going to take care of you the same way that David took care of your brother. Let me tell you something. It's not going to end with you if you'll get an attitude and you'll let somebody know, I'm here because I believe in you. I'm here because I believe in my God bow your heads and close your eyes if you are in this house and you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues you can have the power that I'm talking about this morning without that power you are helpless on your own There's nothing in this world that I can do without Him, but I can do all things through Christ. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. If you are in this house and you have never repented of your sins, you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, let me tell you what repentance is. It can be done here. It can be done in your seat. But if you do it around the altar, we're here to join in prayer with you. You ask Him to forgive you. Repentance is turning around and going another way. When you ask Him to forgive you, you have every intention in your heart that when He forgives you of all of your sins, you're going to leave the altar a different way than you came to the altar. He will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. We have water. We have robes. You can be baptized in His name, and you can come out of this water a new creature in Christ Jesus you will have an authority because you will have his name on your life if you are in this house this altar call is going to be for you it is also for those that are simply tired of the enemy and his and his games you're tired of what the enemy has said you're tired of what the enemy has done and you want God to do something and you're going to pray with the authority that is in the name of Jesus that's applied in your life this altar call is for you this altar call is also for those that have got to that place that we have shaken the enemy off a little bit we've knocked him down but when we walk out we still have the same addiction we still have the same battle we still have the same attitude this altar call is for you have I left anybody out? Because this altar calls for everybody. Because it's, it's time for all of us to get right with Him. Because these are the last days, saith God. But in those last days, here's what He says, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. He will fill you. As they sing, would you come find yourself a place to pray? If you want the Holy Ghost... 
I promise you, God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning. You will not have to beg. You will not have to plead. You can simply ask Him to forgive you. And He will forgive you. He will forgive you. Is there anybody? Come on. Come find a place and pray. Are you tired of the enemy? Are you tired of everything that He's doing? Come on. Come and, come and let Him know. Spend a little bit of time and let Him know that you will not take my children. You cannot have my home. You cannot have my family. You cannot have my... You can't have my neighborhood. Come on, is there anybody I'm tired of it. I'm not going to take it anymore. Come on, Bethel, find a place to pray. Find a place to pray. I'm going to see I'm gonna see victory. Do you want healing? Find a place to pray. Do you want deliverance? Claim it in Jesus' name. I'm gonna see victory. I'm gonna see victory. Settle for anything less. Turn it for good. Come on. Remind him of where he's going. Remind him that he's a liar. And even he couldn't take everything that Job had. God always spared one. There's always something left that God can work with. 